0: Hello and welcome to the Trek Convention Podcast. The podcast where we sort through the juiciest, most interesting bits of Star Trek news from the Trek Convention feed. We pick our favorites for a closer look and share it with you from the perspective of a super fan and a new fan. And in this episode of the Trek Convention podcast, we've got an unlikely story about Bloomington, Illinois, and Kate Mulgrew, our thoughts on season three of Discovery, and the best of Wrath of Khan. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. My name is Bill, and I'm here with Jenna. How are you, Jenna?
1: I'm good, Bill. How are you?
0: Uh, I hope everyone's had a good interval of time since the last time they listened to one of these, which could have been never. So you're supposed to ask me what's new with me, because then I'm going to say, you know what's new with me?
1: What's new with you, Bill? There you
0: go. I got my Star Trek Las Vegas 2021 tickets emailed to me. I almost said in the mail. I don't even know what the mail is. So I got those this week, so I'm very excited. I have my seat. We're back at the Rio. Very seesaw back and forth when it comes to the, to the location and the year and the date and the time, but we're back to August. We're at the Rio Hotel. We get to enjoy that really, really, really long hallway from the Starbucks all the way back to the convention center past the Penn and Teller Theater, something sort of nice and um, familiar, walking down that really long hallway when you do it the first time by the fifth day, eh, you're a little less enthusiastic about it, but so we're back at the, at the Rio, which is very exciting. Do you have any plans to go this year? You're still <laughs> not a lot of rush. You've got more than almost an entire year to most think about. It.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely considering going. Um, I won't be able to get the good tickets that like you get because most of those are already filled up, but yeah, um, Hopefully I'll be able to get halfway decent tickets so I can see the performers and stuff. But yeah, I'm definitely considering going. We could podcast from, from the uh, convention.
0: We could, I have a portable everything. Everything is portable. Uh, And I honestly, I would be surprised or I'd be interested rather to find out how many people at the gold and captain level decided, eh, I don't want to do it this year or next year or whenever it turns out to be and just didn't, you know, wanted their money back for their, for their ticket, either between when it moved from August or from August to December, or now that moved from December to next August. So when tickets do go on sale, if you're even remotely interested, it's probably a, a worth a look to see, you know, who decided to, to bail on their seas. It's, there's a point where if you've been doing it long enough, I realized this would have been like my eighth or ninth year or something in Vegas if you've been doing it long enough, you actually sort of keep moving up. If you hang there the last day and try to get a better seat, you know, they'll move so I'm kind of as close as I can be at the top of the the captain's uh chair level. Um I'm just behind the gold people. So the only thing I could do now is like move to the center, but honestly I don't think you can see as well from the center, but that's a personal preference, so yeah, I don't know how many people would have uh, would have bailed on their ticket by now, but there could be. They do mention that uh, they've suspended ticket sales until they kind of figure out what they're doing, so they'll they'll be going on sale soon, I imagine. And I have yet to hear about what the Rio is doing as far as pricing. I think the Rio right now is actually closed. I think. I think if you go to their site, there's a there's a a mention of them being like not open maybe they just don't have enough business being that far off the strip in in, in uh in vegas this time of right. year and under this this quarantine but who knows that's all i have as far as i mean uh that's all the convention news i think i have that was i mean as far as like what's new with me that was kind of the big thing so let's move into our next news section trek headline. headlines track headlines uh, so from Trek News, the, 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 what I found more interesting this, this time around was that there, and it seems to happen every year around Halloween, there was a story about, um, for those of you who don't know, the Halloween movie, the Halloween movie Halloween by John Carpenter. The mask that Michael Myers actually wears um, is uh, Captain Kirk mask. Apparently their uh, production designer walked down to Burt Wheeler's magic shop on Hollywood Boulevard back in the day when the, the film, the first film was actually made uh, looking for a mask. And I think he had originally pulled two masks. One was like a clown mask and one was uh, a Captain Kirk mask. And they kind of decided that the Kirk mask was creepier just because it's a, a, a person wearing another person's face. It was just inherently creepy. So that was um, for those of you into like the Star Trek trivia that's actually, my, it's actually been Captain Kirk who's been killing people in those Halloween movies. It isn't really, but it's his mask anyway. It's his face. Michael Myers has stolen his face. For those of you who ever wanted to see Data in his own sitcom, uh, Thomas Price of Train Dozer has cut together footage of, um, I think, mostly season one um, episodes to make a Data sitcom it's got a soundtrack I mean it's got a laugh track it's got an opening montage with all the characters being kind of cute and funny the way they would be in a 80s or 90s sitcom and um, it's 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 about 12 minutes a little over 12 12 and a half minutes long. It's kind of cute I mean it's you know we we all know what the episode actually was like so it's a little hard to take yourself out of that that mindset to see it from a funny point of view and of course sitcoms have their own sort of unbelievable suspension of disbelief that make them uh, a sitcom. So that's uh, that's part of it as well. And for those of you who are listening to this in the month of November of 2020, this is Amazon's month of Star Trek. So beginning November 1st, um, they are having promotional event will be supported by CBS and Paramount, Amazon ID, 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 uh, IDW Publishing. Uh, So they're doing the graphic novels, they're doing the films, the Blu-rays, and all that kind of stuff. So check the Amazon. This is not an ad for Amazon, despite the fact that it sounds like it. Uh, I should have called them and see if they needed uh, an advertiser. But check out Amazon if you're looking for deals, particularly before the, uh, the big holidays. So that's what's going on at Amazon. And the only last thing I have under Trek News as a category... For those of you who probably already know this, Captain Janeway was born in Bloomington, Indiana. Um, And there's a a little fan group down there that got together a um, a, a fund to put up a statue to the future home of Catherine Janeway. So Kate Mogru, actually, there was a Zoom call and she she jumped in. I guess she wasn't expected, but how could she not show up given they they built a, a statue of her For those of you looking for it, it resides on the Beeline Trail next to the Wonder Lab Museum in downtown Bloomington. So there was apparently a good crowd there. Go check it out and uh, celebrate the birth, the soon-to-be birth, of Captain Janeway in 2336. We only have a couple hundred more years to wait, so you might want to get your tickets now.
1: Series Spotlight. Series
0: Spotlight. Series Spotlight. Series spotlight. 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 So, Discovery season three, we just uh, finished. Episode four came out this week, uh, and I just wanted to do a little backward look. Uh, did you like Siri, episode four? By the way? I
1: did. I, I did. I liked it a lot. I, I'm very into this season. I wasn't sure after the first episode. But I'm, I'm quite into this season now.
0: Do you have, given there's been four, do you have a favorite yet episode?
1: You mean episode? Yeah. Um, not really, because they're building so well on each other. Um, I think we've talked about the fact that I, I enjoy Burnham's character shift this year. And it makes a lot of sense that, you know, if she was on her own doing her own thing, that her personality has grown during this this time so it would make sense that she's not the same person that she was a year ago and i like to see them doing that in a way that's respectful to the character but still very much uh a reasonable shift in her personality
0: yeah yeah i mean i think um Coincidentally, we've we've got a pandemic and we're all sort of separated for a year. So a lot of us will probably have changed um, our personality. But yeah, I, I think Burnham uh, was a very intense character, particularly in the first season. In the second season, she kind of turned into a little bit more of a person, uh, certainly from a, more of a Starfleet person. And I think in this season, she's becoming uh, more of an independent person. She's aware of what her faults are and she's aware that her... Her overwhelming need to be helpful isn't always good for her and isn't always helpful, um, which I think is great. And I I love the fact that Georgeou is sort of more aware of her change than she is. Um, She's much more um, aware of the changes in her and what she thinks, I mean, what Georgeou thinks that Burnham should be. (laughs) She's never shy at all what she thinks anyone should be, um, more like her usually. Uh, certainly more ruthless, Um, but I think the the conversations between them that are like these little mini cathartic conversations uh, are are just really fascinating and fascinating to watch. Um, And apparently season four is already in production. Um, So that means, and and I I think we mentioned in our last podcast that there's like seven more years of discovery stories that they've got lined up. So um, there's... supposed to be more and more and more uh, a Star Trek coming the other thing I liked particularly from on this episode and we've kind of always known this throughout the series is that this is this is discovery I mean whatever the ship is it used to, you know when it was enterprise that was the flagship and these are Starfleet these are bridge crew these are the best of the best these people expect a lot from themselves they work very hard to get to where they are and that the brakes have come on very strongly they've come to a complete stop effectively you know their their achievement level within starfleet when there is no starfleet is is got to be a, an impact to their to their psyche um yeah and, and how they deal with that i think this episode is a window into that particularly when um colbert is walking down the hallway and um sort of saying hi to people and they're just sort of like you know and they're just walking away
1: I actually really like the emphasis they're putting on the fact that this, the crew is not okay and the crew is shell shocked and the crew is having to adjust to, um, a very, you know, seismic shift in their lives because other, uh, television shows and even other star Treks may have been like, yeah, we jumped 900 years in the future and then, you know, go right into the adventure and not talk about what something like that would do to a ship full of, you know, fairly young people. So I like the fact that, you know, not everyone is okay.
0: Yeah. And some people are less okay than others.
1: Yeah. I think Detmer, the the pilot is, um, is very interesting because it's clear that there's something going on with her, um, both at the physical and the and the, um, uh, the psychological level. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was nice for her to come out after she had her little breakdown at the dinner for her to come out in episode four and say, you know, when, when somebody said, are you okay? You know, she finally said, no, obviously I'm not okay. And I think that was really powerful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause she, uh, she's been a, a, an increasingly important and visible character. Um, yeah. And, and, to this point, very confident. I mean, you know, you're the bridge, you're the navigator of a, of a experimental starship and she's decisive and she's capable and she's confident. And now she's just not, uh, yeah. and whether or not there's a, a technical component to that, cause she's augmented or, and, or just the, the, like you said, the break from what we know and what we do. And we did the cra- <laughs> courageous thing and now we're here. And what does yeah. that mean? Yep. Um So yeah, I think it's it's going to be a, an interesting episode, and it could be it very well be an interesting. I mean that I, I expect that will impact the series, you know, going forward. That'll always be that that sore spot with these characters, which is always interesting to know. That was one of the the uh, when they first started serializing Star Trek, which was with Discovery. There was the someone had pointed out, like in the original series, you know, Kirk falls in love with you know Edith Keeler back in 1940 30 era and she's killed and that you know that was devastating within that episode but then the next episode everything's fine it was there was no
1: everything's fine right
0: yeah there's no impact to your psyche after losing you know what's conceivably the love of your life by sort of by your own lack of action which again is is a, a difficult thing to deal with and yet it's like okay new episode uh and how kind of unrealistic and very television y um, that is, and it's nice to see them yeah. breaking away from that. Agreed. Uh, I did find an interesting little reference that uh, this is not the first time that a trill has been um, joined with a human. This actually happened in, in TNG with um, Jonathan Frank's uh Riker. Um, I had completely forgotten about that, but I believe that was actually the first time they introduced the trill. So there's a little bit of a, there's been a few niddling around with what, what the trill are actually like, but I, and very very faithful to the some of the original origins of the of the trill. Trek rewind. Trek rewind. Trek rewind. Track rewind. Uh, so I had seen a. There's a great article about the best lines from Star Trek's Wrath of Khan. As we all know, Star Trek has had a huge impact on the pop culture phrase between you know, beam me up, Scotty, and resistance is futile. Um, somebody put together all the bad, th- actually, I think they put together the 10 best lines from um, The Wrath of Khan. And not surprisingly, Ricardo Montalban could read the phone book and have it sound like an epic statement of, of earth-shattering, galaxy-altering s- fact. Um, I mean, just the, the first one on their list was like, this is SETI Alpha 5, which he's really just telling you where you are, and it shouldn't be as exciting as that. And yet, when he says it, you're like, great. Uh, it's, wow, this is city of... Uh, uh, and, of course, we all remember revenge is a dish best served cold. and It's very cold in space. The one that... Um, oh, and then there was the uh, the death of... Uh, I want to say the death of Kim, Kim Cottrell, but the death of uh, Spock when um, he says, of all the souls I've encountered in my travels, his was the most human. That was uh, Bill Shatner line it's a yeah yeah and he does that little thing with his mouth where he's trying not to cry not not the the best of acting chops in that particular moment but it was a great great line uh and of course the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few they've continued to use that line throughout the the franchise so um but the most famous of course is shatner's kirk screaming con um yeah was also in the uh the Abrams universe where uh, although it was Spock screaming con at the time so a little different when it comes from Zachary Quintel than it does when it comes from, from um, William Shatner the Shat and that's all we have this time for the Trek Convention podcast thanks everyone for joining and be sure to follow us on Facebook as Trek Convention and at Trek Convention on Twitter if you've got an upcoming convention, tell us about it at Trek Convention with the hashtag #Convention411, and be sure to tune in next time for more from the Trek Convention podcast. The Trek
1: Convention podcast is brought to you in part by DotComs A go-go. .com's a is your one-stop shop for domains, domain hosting, branded email, and more. No matter where you are in the galaxy, make sure everyone can find you with your own unique domain. .com's a go-go. Connecting you to the universe and helping you. Go boldly. Go to trekconvention.com sponsor for rates and deals.